Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Welcome to Seeking Alpha Editor's Roundtable, What Moved Markets This Week, the week ending December 31st. 2021, the final week of the year, an eventful year, a bull market, big gains for the S&P and the Dow, uh, I believe a little more muted for tech stocks, probably much better in the first half of the year. But in interest of what has happened this week, which is basically absolutely nothing, and keeping in light of the fact that we are starting the new year on Monday, I figured that this week we would deviate from the script a little bit and do an outlook piece where we discuss our favorite outlook stories. And finally, in the second half of the show, provide our own outlook predictions for what will happen in markets in 2022. You can hold us to all of these, probably not going to be correct on many of them, may not be correct on any of them. Let me introduce the roundtable staff here, my cohorts, starting with Kim Kahn, Senior News Editor, Jerry Cronenberg, Director of News, and Stephen Alfer, Senior Man- Managing Editor of News. I am your host and moderator, Nathaniel E. Baker, Senior Editor of Strategic Contributors here at Seeking Alpha. So now, without further ado, let's go over to Kim and give us his favorite outlook piece of 2022. Well, I've kind of been overwhelmed by macro calls recently and um, you know where the S&P is heading, which we've actually covered a lot in previous uh, podcasts. So I thought I'd do something different, and I'm going with a story that our editor, Chris Ciaccio, wrote about the most anticipated movies of 2022 based on a survey from uh, online ticket retailer Fandango. And um, quickly, they come out the top five is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, The Batman, uh, Love and Thunder, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and Jurassic World Dominion. Um, So if we look at what all those have in common, and actually through the top 10, they are all sequels or reboots or based on solar material. There's not much in the original there. I know that these kind of surveys have an inherent bias because most people are going to say, yeah, I love Black Panther. I want to see the sequel. They're not going to go for some Brad Pitt vehicle they've never heard of. But I also think it kind of introduces the way we looked at how um, uh, Spider, the latest Spider-Man did so well in the box office, even with the Omicron variant and how, you know, studios are going to be relying on these big kind of guaranteed, you know, audience movies to carry them through 2022 in the theater. But that also leads, you know, like a big open space uh, for original content that kind of lands right in the wheelhouse for streaming. And it's really which streaming um, products are going to, which streaming services are going to take advantage of that. Obviously, Netflix being the prime one to be able to, I think, if you look at, and, you know, the one that might really struggle with this kind of, you know, so much of a reboots is Disney+. Plus. Um, Disney Plus is giving it, you know, it has original content, but it's giving like, you know, the book of Boba Fett, which just came out with kind of medium reviews, uh, you know, kind of a rehash of the Mandalorian, which is then spin off from Star Wars. They're not giving you so much, whereas, you know, Netflix is scouring the globe for the next squid game. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, very interesting. Also, don't believe uh, I heard you mention uh, Star Wars for as far as 
big blockbuster films next year. It looks like they're just doing the small screen stuff. But also, most of those are Marvel uh, stories. Uh, you know, I guess one DC one thrown in there, which is partially owned by Disney, right? Yeah, so, wholly owned by Disney. Disney owns all owned by Marvel. Disney. Yeah, yeah, and then so, and they do all the Marvel spinoffs like Hawkeye and Loki and things like sure. that. But but it failed yeah. to really come up with something original on Disney Plus. Right, right, yeah. But anyway, maybe bullish for for Disney. Hold that thought until we get to my segment, Jerry. What about you? Well, I'd recommend that folks read a great story from about a week ago, December 23rd, from uh, our technology editor, Rex Crum, and it is entitled, uh, What Are MCAM Partners' Black Swan Internet Predictions for 2022? Now, for those who are not familiar with the term black swan, that is a very unlikely event that would be huge if it happened, like Lehman Brothers collapsing or something on those lines. This isn't quite that dramatic, but it's a good think piece because you should bulletproof your portfolio. Uh, some ones that I liked are probably not negatives for the market, but positives. One would be Alphabet prepping a sale or a spinoff of YouTube uh, as a separate uh, company and stock. That'd be pretty interesting what happened. Another would be TikTok or a Snap buying a movie studio or buying a video game studio. That would be interesting what happened. Always a good thing to think about. As I said, you want to bulletproof your portfolio and you want to be thinking both upside and downside for things that could happen that you might not expect, but you better have a plan in case they do. Mm. Anything else that they talked about as far as blacks on the negative side? Anything that could really? Uh, well, you know, I was going to just throw out there one of, of my own, which which uh, I was thinking, I'm actually surprised it has not happened. And I'll, I'll put this out as a black swan event, which is Tesla buying Ford or buying GM. If I were Elon Musk, I would take my very valued Tesla stock right now and I would buy up a mainstream uh, auto uh, uh, maker and that would be a real big game changer. And uh, I'm actually surprised that no one has thought of that or he hasn't. Mm. All right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Stephen, what about you? Uh, an idea from uh, Chris Demuth is a longtime Seeking Alpha contributor, a very popular contributor. He runs the Seeking or Sifting the World. He's a marketplace author, um, also very popular, but he likes... Uh, big lots, ticker symbol B-I-G. Uh, it's kind of a discount retailer. It's a notorious underperform underperformer for many years, uh, poorly managed for many years. It's been treated by investors correctly by investors. It's kind of this, quote, melting ice cube. Uh, they kind of seeded the growth to other companies like Ollie's or Burlington or dollar stores. But there's a newish management there. They've been buying up a ton of stock at very cheap valuations. It yields 2.6%. So even if the new management does not succeed or does not execute on its growth plans, and they do have growth plans, uh, an investor should do pretty well just from, from the buybacks at the low valuations and the yield. But new management is laser focused on returning to growth. Their store count they targeted uh, actually increasing store count this year for the first time in a long time. Uh, I think they they were attempting to add 20 new stores. I'm not sure if they did, did it all. They're attempting to add 50 new stores next year. Um, so if management gets it right, if they can return to growth, if they can return to growth in same store sales, if they can return to uh, boosted margins, uh, the stock could be a home run. And you do have that downside protection from the fact that they they did buy back a lot of stock at very cheap valuations. Very interesting. I don't think I've ever been inside a big lots. Uh, As neither have I. Or me. But yeah. Okay. And do they exist in the UK, Kim? I don't think so. No, they don't. Okay. So none of us have been there. All right. And for me, uh, going a little bit off, uh, speaking of going off script, um, rather than focus on a prediction piece, I figured it would be better to follow the money. 
And there is only one way that we know of to consistently beat markets, and that is by insider trading. <laughs> and insider trading is illegal unless you happen to be a member of Congress. And we had a story this week about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California, originally from Baltimore, but that's okay. She represents California. And she made a bunch of options trades here, her and, and her husband. And they bought some pretty interesting, it's pretty interesting what they did here because they bought what are called leap options. These are in the money call options. And the companies are Alphabet, Disney, Roblox, Micron, and Salesforce. And it's some have speculated that this is a way that they, they're to game the regulation or lack thereof next year with these big companies. But it's, it is interesting. The fact that they did this through options is incredibly very bullish. It's more bullish than just buying a stock because the upside is if by the end of the year, they have to exercise it, it the strike price is December 22. Uh, the, if, if it goes up a lot, they would benefit a lot more than they if they had just bought the vanilla stock. So very bullish move here, one that has rightfully gotten a lot of attention. But I think interesting also about these, these uh, potentially these companies, and I named the four or five of them, whatever they were, also interesting to note what was not in here, which was Facebook. So maybe keep an eye on that. All right, now let's move on to the second segment of the show, where this week, um, in keeping with the New Year theme, we are going to provide our own predictions based on our reading, research, and conversations that we have had with market participants and other things, um, keeping in mind that nothing we say is investment advice. Hopefully, you are not listening to us for investment advice in the first place. But let's start with Kim and give us, have a, have us, give, um, give us his view. Okay, well, um, I have my prediction on the um, 10-year Treasury yield for next year, and I'm saying that it does not go above 2%. It hits the ceiling of 2% throughout next year. Um, it was, you know, everybody's uh, call for the end of this year was 2%. It's now at 1.5. Um, we have, you know, a lot of Fed rate hikes priced in, so this might be a kind of contrarian call. But for a couple of reasons, I see that, you know, it, that can keep yields down is that, you know, there's still going to be demand for U.S. Treasuries like on a global scale. You're still going to have like you know negative nominal rates um, in Europe, and you know, so people are going to be searching for yield still globally. Um, I don't see the you know Europe and Asia coming up out of um, you know COVID a lot faster than the U.S. in that case, and, and producing better yields. And then also, you know, surprisingly, there's going to be um, next year lower deficits. There's going to be lower issuance, so there's going to be um, you know just the lower supply. Of treasuries, that's going to you know feed into to um, sending treasury prices higher and yields down. So I'm thinking it that two percent looks like a ceiling. Um, for my outlandish prediction, I'm going with the fact that I guess that Jay Powell will not be the Fed, Federal Reserve Chairman by the end of the year, and hmm. something will happen. Uh, something kind of a black swan event, possibly something to do, maybe evolving involving treasury, uh, you know, uh, trading amongst. FOMC officials like we saw this past year or just running afoul and somehow the White House puts enough pressure that he just says he's had enough and they get someone else in because I don't think they're going to do a great job of tackling inflation and it's going to be a big issue throughout the year. Hmm. Very interesting calls there from Kim. Um, also interesting what it says potentially about equities. If the 10-year doesn't sink below 2%, 
then that means that people would not be dumping their bonds all that much and presumably not going to the riskier parts of the market. So yeah, interesting to see how that plays out. Jerry, what about you? All right, I'm going to make a modestly positive uh, guess uh, estimate for the S&P 500. I think overall it's going to feel in 2022 like a good year. Uh, but if we look back at the dot-com boom, if we look back at the 2007 real estate boom, it felt like a good year. But in hindsight, we later realized we had hit the peak. And I think there's a good chance it's going to happen in 2022. So I looked at the 2000 peak of the, of the S&P 500 in March of 2000. And uh, I looked at the uh, late uh, fall 2007 peak of the S&P 500, went plus and minus 6% in uh, six months, excuse me. In the six months plus and minus the peak of 2000, the uh, S&P gained 13% change. In the six months in front of and after the peak of, 20, of 2007, the S&P actually lost about 6%. Average of the two and I come up with a 3.5% gain for the S&P for 2022. Take us just under 5,000, about 49.40, given where we are right now. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Interesting. And that is Bob, probably not going to be enough to beat inflation, by the way, at least the way it's been running. We'll have to see how those Fed hikes come in. Stephen, what about you? Uh, trying to keep it simple with, with stocks, at least with the averages. Uh, we have inflation at uh, near double digit rates, maybe above, depending on how you measure it. We've got the 10-year yield at 1.5%. We've got the Fed funds rate at 0%. That might go up to 0 0.7, a whopping 0.75% by year end 2022. We have deeply negative interest rates, like deeply negative, right? And uh, that's got that's good for stock valuations. It's good for corporate profits. So I expect a year from now that the major averages will all be uh, nicely higher. And you know, with, with negative interest rates that high, put, put whatever number you want on it. It's, it's, not, it's not reality anymore. Um, so it may not be great for the economy long run to, to have such deeply negative rates, but that's where we are, that we got to trade them trade the world as it is, not, not as we would like it. And I, I think stocks will be higher. I think there might be a hiccup in the first quarter, the kind of the bare shelves worry that everybody had for Christmas season that did not bear out. The shelves are, the supply chains actually eased quite a bit. Uh, the shelves are quite full. So I think there might be a bit of an inventory overhang in Q1. You might, might see some write downs. You might see some slower economic growth as, as folks don't need to, to, to boost inventories as much as they should. Uh, that might cause a ding in stock prices, but you know you've got the Fed on your side, even with three rate hikes, and and stock prices should be higher a year from now. Interesting, yeah. And I'm going to stick with a bullish, cautiously bullish uh, preview. I suspect yes that stocks will be higher a year from now. The caveat for me is that I do believe that the crypto party will end. And I'm not sure if crypto is already, Bitcoin already reached its peak or if there, will, if there will be another intermittent one, maybe in the first half of 22. But I predict that by the second half of the year, probably not before then, cryptos will begin to fall apart and it will all end pretty spectacularly. This being a kind of a harbinger of what will come with major markets in 2023. So kind of having maybe next year a little bit like 2007, when stocks were higher for the year, but around the edges and credit and other things, things are starting to fall apart. And so that's what I, I think will happen. And I think that crypto and digital currencies and NFTs and all that stuff will be the first thing to kind of hit the trash heap. So that's that. And that concludes this week's 
Outlook issue, special Outlook issue. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember that you can watch the video on the website, seekingalpha.com. Just look under podcasts and videos. And to hear the slightly longer audio version of this, don't forget to go to subscribe to the Wall Street Breakfast podcast account. And that airs at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. And with that, we thank you for being with us this week. Wish you a very happy and healthy new year and look forward to speaking to you again soon. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, Behind the Idea, Essay for FAs, Let's Talk ETFs, the Cannabis Investing Podcast, and Marketplace Roundtable on those platforms as well. Have a great day.